0: This is a Macquarie Group Podcast. Hello and welcome to Macquarie's Perspectives podcast where our diverse team of experts and invited special guests share their latest thinking on current and emerging topics. I'm Kylie Fuller, Global Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion here at Macquarie. My pronouns are she and her. I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land we're on today in Sydney, Australia. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. As it's International Women's Day, we give special thanks to First Nations women who since time immemorial have been leaders, cultural knowledge holders and carers for their lands and communities. International Women's Day is an annual opportunity to recognise and celebrate the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women and girls around the world, as well as to think about all the ways we can accelerate the change we need to build a better, more equitable future. The UN theme for IWD this year is Changing Climates, Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. When we think about sustainability we often focus on the planet but our future sustainability also depends on us building a society that empowers women and girls and offers them the chance to deliver to their full potential in today's episode we're discussing what we can all do to create a more equitable future along with exploring the parallels between the work needed to deliver gender equity and environmental sustainability Joining me in conversation are Shamara Wikramanayaka, Macquarie Group's Managing Director and CEO, Verena Lim, CEO of Asia, and a Senior Managing Director in Macquarie Asset Management, and Vanessa Lenthal, Head of Energy Finance and Global Head of Mining Finance in our Commodities and Global Markets group. Welcome Shamara, Verena and Vanessa. So Shamara, my first question is for you. Given the theme for this year's International Women's Day is about securing a sustainable tomorrow, how do you view the parallels between what the world needs to do to deliver gender
1: equity and the action needed to tackle climate change? Well, I think that responding to any huge global challenge, including climate change, is best done when we can draw on the full diverse range of thinking and perspectives across our entire community and skills that we can offer. Um, So we need to empower all people to contribute to their fullest potential. And this includes women and girls. Um, So we need to overcome gender inequality, but we also need to deliver equity for everyone to be able to draw on all these skills. Now, while the debate has advanced, as we know, beyond whether there's a need to act, there's still a long way to get to where we need to be. And despite the social uh, and economic benefits of gender equality having been clear for a very long time, there's still a long journey to realising them. And that has slowed over the COVID period. And there are various statistics we could talk about that evidence that Um, So I think if if we are to accelerate building a more sustainable future in the environmental sense, we need to do more to deliver a sustainable future from an equity of opportunity perspective as well.
0: Verena, you're such a strong DEI advocate and I know there are some unique challenges when tackling these issues in Asia. I'd be interested to know how you foster and prioritise building an inclusive culture within your region. Thanks, Kylie. Yes, Asia is
2: our most diverse region in terms of cultural background, languages spoken by our staff, diversity of location and markets. So it's important to set an inclusive culture that our staff want to be part of, where people feel comfortable sharing their opinions, ideas, and feel that they are being seen and heard. I've been at Macquarie for more than 16 years and have lived in this region for over 14 years. And during that time, there were always informal discussions around how we can do DI better. But I'm pleased to say that we now have more structure on this and a lot more initiatives, such as the Asia DEI Committee. Given the diverse context of Asia, it's even more important to acknowledge that to achieve equitable outcomes, we really need to recognise that everyone has different starting points and we have to tackle it from all levels. We also have a number of other networks like this at Macquarie, including Women in Cog Tech Asia and Macquarie Asset Management's Female Networking Group. And a more recent example of driving change in this region is the launch of our Asia's Women Network. The goal of this network is to really empower women across Asia to connect, support and progress for a better future. And it's really important because it allows us to strengthen our ongoing commitment to DEI. It supports career development and opportunities for members to really build their connections. And it also encourages our male allies to join and progress conversations more widely so that we don't have things like unconscious bias creeping into our key decisions, uh, particularly for our people and our business. Personally, I'm really happy that I am now in this privileged position to champion these initiatives and make sure that we are actioning and not just talking. And finally, as a female Korean-born Australian, I feel that Macquarie has given me all really great opportunities to thrive in uh, what I love doing. So I want to make sure that the experience is somewhat replicated for others and for them to have the access and equal opportunities I have had here.
0: The, the Women's Network has just been amazing. They've done so much so quickly. It's really impressive, Verena. Um, and you mentioned the male allies. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear more about that. How important has male allyship been in your career and what role do you think men can play in the quest for a more gender equal future of work?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question. I think we can advance, well, I don't think we can advance gender equity if we don't engage men, particularly in this industry. So running a program for male allies in Asia is important. We want to make them feel comfortable to ask questions, share their thoughts and be themselves. And so the aim is to really normalize the conversation around gender equity by creating safe space for dialogue, including how gender norms can affect both women and men. Um, I feel if more men took longer paternity leave or if more men in senior positions sponsored women or truly believed that they would benefit from having more women represented at senior levels in the workplace, that would actually drive a very positive impact on the future of work. So it's really more about how do we actually achieve this together as opposed to just fixing the woman. And personally for me, I've had many male supporters and leaders who've have helped me get to where I am today. Firstly, I have a very super supportive husband who understands my line of work and is very hands-on with my three-year-old son, which has really helped me find that balance between work and home. And in my entire 16-year career at Macquarie, I've always had senior male leaders who created an environment for me to really thrive in my job. I was able to be myself and they trusted me with many opportunities. And obviously, I've always wanted to make sure that I delivered on that and not let myself down or anyone else down as well. So actually, the funny thing I would say is that my managers always wanted me to find some balance between work and home. And so when I told them I was pregnant a few years back, I actually think they were much happier than you know I was, to be frank with you. So I, I, the support I had from my man, male managers really gave me the confidence that I could not only have a very long-term career here, but also one without really any ceilings as a female. Uh,
0: I love all those points. And I I think every one of us here um, as mothers, we can absolutely relate to the fact that gender equity is just as important as home at home. And you need those male allies in personal aspects of your life as well as the professional. Thanks, Verena. So Vanessa, uh, this year's theme addresses the importance of harnessing the skills and knowledge of women to help conserve our natural resources and hints that the 2030 sustainability goals set by the UN may not be achieved without women. So as a female leader working in energy and energy transition, how do you think women's capabilities could be better utilised in our response to climate change?
3: Look, um, tackling the cause and effects of climate change is a really significant and complex challenge that will require innovation and and practical solutions. So if you believe, like I do, that diverse, equitable and inclusive teams generate better ideas and make better decisions, then ensuring gender diversity in those teams should lead to better products, technologies and solutions to deal with the effects of climate change. Um, Carly, you mentioned the UN's 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, and the seventh goal is for the world to have access to affordable, clean energy. But when, uh, you know, I think just under a billion people in sub-Saharan Africa don't even have access to electricity, you can appreciate the significance of the challenge. Uh, So, you know, we need to provide energy so that the poorest can thrive, many of whom are women, um, but it needs to be cheap, reliable and clean. And these significant energy challenges will require the use of current and likely breakthrough technologies uh, that, you know, with innovation will likely come from diverse teams and gender diversity is an important aspect of providing providing different perspectives in those teams.
0: And recently, the Commodities and Global Markets Group rolled out the Breakthrough Series, an initiative aimed at exploring the careers and defining moments of past and present female leaders. How important have role models been in your career, Vanessa? Do do you think it's more challenging for women to advocate for other women in male-dominated areas?
3: Uh, So role models have been really important for me, actually. Um, I've had a variety of role models, both um, at my time at Macquarie and my time prior to Macquarie. And I've always been a keen observer of others' behaviours and, and their leadership skills, both good and bad. So, I think it's really important to observe behaviours that you want to emulate and actually, you know, experiment a bit with those behaviours, try them out, you know, see what works, maybe what doesn't work. You know, I remember I um, had a boss um, a little while ago at Macquarie and he used to copy the body language of the senior people that he was presenting to. And so, you know, if, if we were in a meeting and the person he was presenting to crossed um, their, their legs, he crossed his legs or, you know, they put their hands behind their head, he'd put his hands behind his head and actually... Actually, it was surprisingly effective at, you know, achieving, uh, you know, the results that, that he set out to achieve. Um, but, you know, not all role models are um, positive role models, actually. Um, you know, I think for want of a better word, there are negative role models, too. And there's, you know, behaviors that you can see in others that are maybe not as effective. And again, it's important to take note of those and think about um, the effect they have. And, and, you know, I know, Kylie, you and I were talking about, um, you know, whether maybe I was a role model for my 15-year-old daughter. And uh, and so, I, um, and, and actually, she's recently had some success in, in the STEM area. She and a friend won a, a school science competition and, um, you know, they beat a whole range of boys' schools. And she was really chuffed and um, I was really chuffed to it too. And um, so, I asked her, I said, hey, look, you know, is this, you know, recent interest in STEM and, you know, this, this sort of early success that you've had, is this um, related to, you know, me? Being in the energy space, the energy transition space, and she said a very firm no um, that it had nothing to do with me, and um, that uh, she was just born brilliant, um, which may very well be true. I mean, she is fifteen, so I'm not surprised she thinks that may, may very well be true. But I think also it's important for us to remember whilst there've been some, you know, I've had some really positive role models. Uh, it's important for us to remember that we're role models too uh, to, to some people, and that you know we need to make sure that we're generous with our time and um, and and think about the you know the shadow or the role model that that you know, we are, um, to others, you know, that that might be, be, you know, looking to us for for that sort of behaviour
0: absolutely I'm sure you passed on some good genes as well as some
3: good role modeling (laughs) exactly that's why she was brilliant yeah (laughs) and and it comes right back to what Verena was
0: saying too it's the it's the personal and the professional and sometimes we're role models to people that we don't even realize we're role models to so you just never know who's watching and um and who's mirroring and emulating us as well so I think it's it's so important And, and I think for a long time my perspective is a lot of women hesitated to step up as as role models for other women and that's really Changing and that's such a positive thing. So t- to me, that's one of the reasons days like this and events like this are so important. So another one for you, Shamara. We know there's an underrepresentation of women and girls in STEM fields, and closing that gap imperative to an equitable future. In your opinion, what are some of the ways that we can address that gap?
1: Well, it was fantastic to hear the story about Vanessa's daughter. But despite that, as you know, that's an unusual example because the gender balance is even greater when we look at STEM and um, in growth sectors like technology that are related to STEM. Um, and it does start in schools where girls do have lower participation rates generally and aspirations for careers in STEM areas compared to boys, even though, as Vanessa just said, her daughter won the contest. And so the abilities are not any different, but it's the aspirations and the passions. Um And that means that as adults, women are less likely to work in or undertake post-study in the STEM areas. So for us, helping girls understand and envision themselves in STEM roles from an early age is very important to challenging these stereotypes and shaping their early attitudes about these careers and the associated education decisions that they make um interestingly um my daughter is also keen to do stem Uh, she's 16 so um uh, you know perhaps they're getting access to role models but others are not so um I think what we need to do is to give girls a chance to learn more about STEM careers and hear from female role models if they don't have them there at home. Um, And Macquarie's got its annual Empowering Women uh, Women in Finance and Tech initiatives that we're running, but we need a lot more of this. Um, then there's also the need to make these industries more accessible and support women and girls once they're in them. So actively shaping our workplace culture and conditions, not just to recruit, but to retain women and support their progression um, and take them to leadership positions is important. So things like, you know, both Vanessa and Verena have talked about male allies ahead and female ones, but having mentoring and networking programs like our Women in Tech Employee Network Group is really important to provide a supportive community and connect women with one another in the workplace to share experience and challenges, but also to provide access to females who can inspire and support their peers to keep going. Um, and then lastly, I think, you know, we've talked about equity, Verena particularly mentioned it. It's important to... Um, embed equity in all our people processes and ensure that we're showing commitment to equality by balancing our hiring in intern and graduate programs as well. As Verena said, equity is about people coming from different starting points. So it's not just about having a meritocracy and level playing field. We actually need to lift some people to be at the same base at that level playing field. And that goes beyond gender as well. So so I think, yeah, we need to do a lot more focusing on attracting and retaining and promoting women in STEM. And we have programs underway, but long way to go. Mm.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. And I was lucky enough to be part of the Empowering Women in Tech event. And it was really heartening to see a lot of careers advisors there, because I think it's not just the girls, it's the people who influence them and encourage them yeah. and you know, give them career advice. It's so important. And um, I, I really agree with your point about the pipeline. And I think also, hearing from women like yourselves who have managed to balance careers with caring for children and and all of those other things and study and travel it shows that it's possible and that a career in our industry is compatible with all of those other personal goals that so many people have so we need to get that message out there not only to the girls but to all the people who influence their career choices so verena with so many challenges in the asia region what are you feeling really positive about Oh, I think I'm feeling very
2: positive that we now have the structures and processes in place to really make a difference. And we're not just talking about change and the initiatives that, uh, you know, we've been talking for a long time now, we're actually putting these initiatives into action. So I'm really quite positive about where this is all heading for us.
0: Yeah, and that's that's such a great point. I always say that equity is systemic and structural whereas diversity is about individuals and in, inclusion is interpersonal. So, I love that you're tackling those structures, systems and processes. And Vanessa, what about you? What are you feeling positive and excited about?
3: Well, look, you know, I've been at Macquarie uh, for a while now. I think I started on the, the trading floor about 22 years ago. So, I've seen significant changes in, in my career, both outside and, and within Macquarie um, and uh, and really positive changes. So, uh, you know, I think about some of the mentoring and sponsorship programs that we've got uh, at Macquarie at the moment. And, and I think they're doing a fantastic job at, um, at, at really sort of elevating people and, and bringing them um, along that, that career journey. And um, allowing a sort of a structured um, advocacy for those individuals um, within what is now quite a large organisation. So um, I'm really optimistic that, um, you know, that, that things are moving in the right direction and that we've got some um, real plans in place to actually help advocate for, for people so that there is greater equality.
0: So Shamara, one last question. One of your defining leadership qualities is optimism. Are you optimistic that we will achieve a more equitable and inclusive future for everyone? And what role would you like Macquarie to play?
1: Yeah. Well, look, I am one of those people who even in the gutter is always looking up at the stars. So it's true. Um, I do recall one of my girlfriends when we were backpacking saying, if we found ourselves sleeping neck deep in cow dung, I would be the one saying, oh, well, at least we're warm. So so I have to admit that that's going to colour my outlook. But I am optimistic because I do think significant progress has been made on gender equality over many decades. And as a result of considerable effort and sacrifice, um, so, you know, I did mention that some of this momentum was lost during the COVID-19 pandemic because females actually um, were impacted more in terms of, um, you know, having to step up on home caring roles, etc. and the stats fell in terms of women participating in the sort of STEM courses, etc. But I actually think that was a temporary st- setback rather than um, the st- a structural one, and um I think the institutional changes and structural changes that have taken place um, over a much longer period will continue to have momentum as we go forward. But I think we have to recognise that there's still a lot more to do and much further to go. And in that regard, you asked about Macquarie. I'm really proud of the work that Macquarie's doing in partnering and sponsoring with organisations right across the world that are working with women and girls to help them achieve their full and equal participation in society um, and, you know, we're focusing really on developing an internal and external pipeline of women and people from underrepresented groups generally at all levels um, to basically continue um, ensuring we foster a flexible and inclusive environment to retain them and to allow them to prosper once they join us. And that in our classic Macquarie way is being led by our people. We're empowering everybody to look at opportunity, just as you heard Verena and Vanessa talking about and also talking about colleagues, is we empower them to think about where's the solution, bring colleagues together and drive it. And Happily, you know, our people are passionate about achieving this because they really do believe that you get much better outcomes when you bring a really diverse team together. It's, you know, it's just smart business sense, not just good community values.
0: Wow, what a perfect note to finish on. Thank you, Shamara, Vanessa and Verena. Thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of Perspectives. You can learn more about our approach to International Women's Day and diversity, equity and inclusion at macquarie.com forward slash diversity.
1: Thank you for listening to this Macquarie Group podcast. All episode disclaimers can be found in the show notes.